we cannot shy away from politics and we cannot just ignore what's going on, or we shouldn't anyway. On this edition of Emerging Daily, that's what allowed Hitler and his regime to get to the position that he got. Now, where is Trump getting his ideas? Who is speaking into his ear? And and what is the agenda of these that are speaking into his ear? I want to introduce to you, via some audio clips, one of those people. I spoke and made reference to James Robinson on previous podcasts. His idea of freedom and your idea of freedom and my idea of freedom are not always exactly the same. And it would seem as though his is for him to be free to preach his truth, his way, but that it's not necessarily okay for others to do the same. But then you put a man in there who openly spoke of women as dogs and and, and bragged of his physical handling of women to put him in there and endorse him because that's what you were doing, Mr. Robinson. You were endorsing him. This blew my mind and broke my heart. You have to understand that this man is part of the reason we're in this situation that we're in. And he claims to be a man of God, claims to be speaking the truth of God, and in his eyes, the only truth there is is, is what he puts forth as truth. The Christian church welcomed Hitler with open arms because Hitler said, we're going to make Germany great again. Well, we see what happened, didn't we? And there are so many parallels between then and now, it's very unsettling. This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. Hey, I want to welcome you to this edition of Emerging Daily. I'm Scott Fisher. Today we're going today we're going to be speaking about and sharing about some things again that this nation is dealing with. And you know, I I want to approach these talks in such a way that I don't want you to feel that this is a political necessarily a political podcast because it's not. But we cannot shy away from politics, and we cannot just ignore what's going on, or we shouldn't anyway. Now, a lot of, a lot of uh, religious leaders try to do that. They try to just ignore what's going on, put their heads in the sand. And, you know, that's why, that's what allowed Hitler and his regime to get to where, to the position that he got, and to be able to to accomplish what he accomplished. 
So we can't just ignore what's going on. Now, am I saying Trump is Hitler? I'm not saying that. But I am saying we cannot ignore what's happening, okay? We have to deal with it. We have to look at it and see what can be done, how we should respond. And the fact of the matter is we do need to respond. We need to speak out. We need to make our voice heard and... So, again, I don't want you to feel like I'm. this is not a Trump-bashing podcast. That's not the purpose of it. Now, at the same time, I cannot condone what he's doing and what this administration is doing, what Congress is doing and has done. And were, were this podcast to be have been happening during uh, Obama's tenure, I guarantee you there were things that happened then that uh, I would not agree with and that I would be speaking out against at that time. But the fact of the matter is, this is today, this is where we're at, this is what we're dealing with. And... It's no secret, I'm sure that you're aware, that this is the longest government shutdown in the history of this country. And it should not be a secret to you that Trump, and I don't have the audio clip to play, but it's no secret that he said, I would be happy to shut the government down to get my wall. Now, I'm not exactly saying verbatim, but he did say, I would be more than happy to shut the government down. Now, where is Trump getting his ideas? Who is speaking into his ear? And, and what is the agenda of these that are speaking into his ear? Well, there's plenty of people that have left the administration that have been very vocal about the fact that basically Trump won't hardly listen to anybody. He does what he wants to do. But there are people speaking into his ear. And I want to introduce to you, via some audio clips, one of those people. I spoke and made reference to James Robinson on a previous podcast. And that he is one of the main leaders of the evangelical churches and movement. James Robinson uh, at one time was the uh, leading evangelist in this nation and around the world. He had more people in attendance than even Billy Graham. He was a, he's, he is a Southern Baptist. I started to say was. They did try to disown him at one time. Uh, because he began fellowshipping some with Pentecostals and Charismatics, but they have since uh, reclaimed him as their special son, I guess you could say. And he has, in a sense, reclaimed them. James Robinson really began coming into his own, I guess you could say, as it were, when Reagan was ascending to the presidency. And he was one of the people that, that uh, prayed with him, spoke with him, and even shared the stage with him 
on several occasions and, and was speaking, even behind the scenes, into that administration. And it, it's almost as though, because you'll see, you'll hear in, in some clips I'm going to play for you, when he speaks of uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton, it's almost as though he feels slighted by them because they wouldn't bring him in and, and listen to what he had to say. Why, I don't know. It may just be because he's always been very vocal about being against this and against that. But he claims to be a man who is in pursuit of freedom. But exactly what his definition of freedom is, is not really clear. His definition of freedom is not exactly what I would call freedom. Because his definition, and at one time I would have agreed with him, because he was one of my idols, I guess you could say. You know, when, you're, when you are a young man and you feel as though that you're called into the ministry, you have certain heroes and certain idols, I guess, that you look up to, and this was one of them at one point in my life. Um, and he was for many young preachers. But his idea of freedom... And your idea of freedom and my idea of freedom are not always exactly the same. And it would seem as though his is for him to be free to preach his truth, his way, but that it's not necessarily okay for others to do the same and for others to live their freedom. And, of course, his truth is, in, in his words, God's truth. Well, you know, the scribes and Pharisees also thought that they had uh, the corner on truth. And Jesus came along and said, well, now, wait a minute. But anyway, I want to play for you some clips. This first clip is, and why am I doing this? Because it's important. It's important for you to understand, to hear from their own words, some of these people who are evangelicals who are speaking into this president's ear. What their agenda is, what their purposes are, and what, what they're saying, how they're speaking even to their people, to their crowds, because this is the people that put this man in office. This man who is the epitome of the opposite of what they supposedly stand for, and yet they put him there. So it's important to understand where they're coming from, what they're saying, and where, where their, what their agenda is. And so I'm going to play for you some clips. This first clip is... James Robinson speaking at an event in Fort Worth, Texas in 2016. Now, this is not just any event. This is an event being held by Kenneth Copeland, who is another um, bigwig, you might say, in the evangelical movement. And this is at his, what he calls, the Southwest Believers Convention. And so the first vo voice that you will hear is Kenneth Copeland introducing James Robinson. So listen to this clip and I'll be right back. 35 years ago, the very first Southwest Believers Convention service, very first one, this is 35th anniversary, a young preacher 
powerful man of God, very, very dear and close friend of mine, introduced the Southwest Believers Convention to Fort Worth, Texas. And, um, and he preached a mighty message that night. So, once again, tonight, I am introducing to you, to this platform, my dear covenant brother, James Robinson. <laughs> Praise God, hallelujah. I declare to you beginning in this building in January of 1980, a shot was fired over the bow that began a movement that extended the life of freedom in this nation and around the world. Southern Baptist evangelist had a Southern Baptist Sunday school teacher as fine a Christian man, as caring a Christian man, as fine a man, was in the White House. He was simply not qualified for that time. Evangelical Christians, those of his own denomination across the South, voted him out. Voted in a governor of all places, California, who is a Hollywood actor, who had been divorced. But who could not only communicate principles, he understood freedom's principles. And a lot of church folks are clueless about freedom's principles. They do not understand the value of the Constitution or the Word of God. That was one of the greatest miracles in the life of this nation. We need another such miracle today. We are headed over the cliff if we don't turn back to God. And no politician is the answer. This man came in and put principles in place and helped secure freedom. The Berlin Wall came down. He said, tear it down when all of the establishment Republicans, the Republican Guard said, don't say it. He said, I'm saying it. It needs to come down. It came down. When asked why it came down, and I was there when they tore it, when they tore it down. I said, how did it come down? I'm watching with pickaxes. They said it was prayed down, prayed down. Reagan said, prayed down. The only answer I've got. The Soviet Union, communism, the threat. Cold War ended. Freedom got an extension. Taxes went from 70% down to 28%. The whole thing was set in motion for the tech explosion to explode and have the resources and come in with the Clinton administration and have the resources to balance the budget because of things that have been set in motion. I'm not talking politics here. I'm talking principles. No man can take credit for it. It happened because people prayed and God gave us somebody that understood some principles. We need it again. I want to say something to you very, very important and very personally. And by the way, I'm sorry I sweat so much. <laughs> Would Donald Trump have had fun with me in a debate? <laughs> Donald, you know I love you, don't you? You know, I told you that Ben Carson's kind of quiet. From the moment these candidates got in the race, nearly every one of them came to see me, knowing that I don't endorse candidates. I endorse only principles. I embrace truth. I exalt truth.
But they came because they knew I would speak into their life. And with every one of them, and I know Ben and Candy Carson remember this so much because both of you call me dad a lot. Even though I'm not that much older, Ben, Candy. A lot of people call me dad. I sat in a room with 35 evangelical leaders, the most respected in so many circles. Mr. Trump was standing at the head of the room. I was at the other end. I presented the people in the circle as people of God and said, listen to what they say. Mr. Trump said, Ben Carson, you know we're here because of Ben and this other lady that I respect so much, Paula, because I've seen Jesus in her. When he said, Ben, you remember, you said the only way you would endorse me is if I would spend at least an hour alone with James Robinson. And I said, Ben, I don't spend 15 minutes with anybody. And he said, well, you'll spend an hour at least with James because he will make the point so forcefully, I know you're going to hear it. And so Trump's telling all these people that. And he looks at me and says, James, what do we have, two hours, two hours? I said, no, sir. It's about an hour and a half. But I might follow that by saying that's probably the longest you've ever been quiet in your life. And he laughed like you did, and all the other preachers laughed. Some of you say, well, James, what'd you tell him? I took both barrels blazing. And I fired every truth shot of wisdom and knowledge God's ever planted in my soul. And I'm going to go ahead and say it in front of the whole world, Mr. Trump. You hear and heed the word of God, and you listen to wise counsel. Don't you just put counsels around you to try to make it look like you care. See, I've actually told preachers that I actually believe you want wise counsel. Well, sir, the future of this nation and your success on every front depends upon you receiving and heeding wise counsel. Otherwise, you're going to be a part of pulling the curtain down on the greatest free nation in history. Do you agree with what I just said to Mr. Trump? Amen. Do you believe I say the things I said I said to Mr. Trump? You don't know how long I've been trying to talk to the Clintons. You don't know how many people have tried to get them starting way back while he was governor. Would you just sit down and talk to James? Didn't happen. And the most influential people in the country ask him to. I don't think I have ever seen a man more gifted with charisma that has lived in so much defeat. It breaks my heart. And my heart goes out to him. Now, just even listening to that very last part of what he said, and now I'm going to talk about some other things too that he said, but just even hearing that little last bit about that he had to talk about the Clintons, it sounded to me like he was dissed. He, he felt dissed. He felt slighted because they wouldn't take him and, and listen to what he had to say. Well, guess what? So what? You know, just because God might have, I don't know, God might have put him to a degree there with Reagan for a purpose. But that doesn't mean that just because the Clintons or the Obamas dissed you, Mr. Robinson, because they didn't want necessarily to even hear what you had to say, that doesn't mean that they were just totally against God. But that's what it sounded like you were trying to imply. That's what it sounded like you were saying. It's like, well, they're not going to hear me, so therefore they're not hearing God.
Hey, I hope you're being blessed by our podcast today. We wanted to pause for just a second and remind you to please, when you get a chance, check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, or you can also go to EmergingDaily.com, whichever one is easier for you to remember. Uh, But please check those out and read up on uh, our our vision, our mission, um, and how we're wanting to make an impact on our region and on the world. Um, Pray about possibly being involved with what we're wanting to do. Um, We're wanting to pretty soon start within the next few weeks, hopefully, start having some uh, worship and teaching times. We'd like to do that in Lebanon and in Nashville. We're still looking for some worship leaders and musicians. So pray about all that and also pray about supporting this podcast if you would. And thank you again for listening. And we'll get back to our message here in just a second. Now, just even listening to that very last part of what he said, and I'll, I'll t- I want to talk about some other things too that he said, but just even hearing that little last bit about that he had to talk about the Clintons, it sounded to me like he was dissed. He, he felt dissed. He felt slighted because they wouldn't take him and, and listen to what he had to say. Well, guess what? So what? You know, just because God might have, I don't know, God might have put him to a degree there with Reagan for a purpose. But that doesn't mean that just because the Clintons or the Obamas dissed you, Mr. Robinson, because they didn't want necessarily to even hear what you had to say, that doesn't mean that they were just totally against God. But that's what it sounded like you were trying to imply. That's what it sounded like you were saying. It's like, well, they're not going to hear me, so therefore they're not hearing God. And getting back to what he was talking about regarding the uh, the Reagans and Carter. Carter was a Southern Baptist. But because some things were happening that some of the people didn't like, because Carter, the Carter administration was a little bit more open to freedom for people that necessarily didn't um, fall in line with evangelical thought, then they just said, well, he's not the man that we need in there. And it also happened that it was during the Carter administration that Robinson got taken off the air. Now, contrary to what he says, and you'll hear him allude to this and refer back to it in some of the other clips that we're going to play, but he referred to him getting taken off the air. I'll play a little bit more from other places that he's spoken where he talks about this. But he says that it was because of the fact that he read Romans chapter 1 on the air. Well, no, that's not why he got taken off the air. And and that's just not that's just not true. There was much more to it than that. And it was because of the way the law was written and interpreted at that time that if he was going to come against something that there also needed to be able to be someone there that would present the opposing view, as it were. And so there was legislation being dealt with at the time, and he spoke out against it, and he didn't want to have someone on his show bringing the opposing view. That is why he was taken off the air, not because he read the first chapter of Romans. Now, that's just not true. But anyway, I do hope that you caught what he said there, that he does not endorse a candidate. And yet, and I'm going to play that for you again, just so you'll hear it. But he spoke on the campaign trail during Trump rallies. Now, 
He might not have got up there and said, okay, this is the man I want you to vote for. But his very presence there, and, and especially not just his being there, but him speaking and introducing even the candidate, Trump, at the time, is an endorsement. I don't care that he might not have said, okay, this is the man I think you should vote for, but his presence there and his his speaking prior to Trump getting up and speaking, he got up and spoke at these events that were specifically for this candidate. That is an endorsement, and anybody with any sense recognizes that. But the fact that he didn't say, okay, I want you to vote for him, well, that's not endorsing. Well, Anyway, I'm going to play that clip for you again for you to hear. After that is a clip from a Trump rally in 2016 in North Carolina. I don't endorse candidates. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Pastor James Robinson. Greetings in the name of the Lord. The first time I spoke with Mr. Trump, I said only God and we the people, together with God's wisdom, can make America great again. And Donald Trump says he's going to inspire us and lead us to do just that. From the time I began meeting with him back in April, I have never been received so graciously with such humility, with such sincere interest in the things that God has to say about freedom and about life. Jesus said to his disciples, if they receive you, they receive me. Now you work through the theology of that, but I want you to know this man has received me openly. I have never wavered. I proclaim the word of God. I held this Bible up with Ronald Reagan standing behind me, 17,000 church leaders, and I said, America, commit yourself not to politicians or political parties, but to the principles in this book that made America great and will be forever the land of the free and the home of the brave. And Ronald Reagan, listen to this, Ronald Reagan in great humility and gratitude walked up and said, I know this is a nonpartisan meeting. You cannot endorse me, but I only said that because I want you to know I endorse you and what you stand for. And Ronald Reagan saved freedom and gave it another day. We will lose freedom if we don't make the right decision in November. And it has to be for a return to freedom. I want you to listen to a statement written by Ravi Zacharias, the greatest apologist, defender of the faith, in my opinion, on the planet, the most respected Christian leader. And he said, I'm going to release all of this to the press, but let me give you a summation. He said the atrocities that have been committed by Hillary Clinton, this administration, a meaningless line in the sand, the massacre of innocent women, the horrible acts against women all over the world, the horrible things happening to the innocent, everything this man is accused of by any person, any failure on his part, pales in comparison to what has been perpetrated on the world under our present liberal, godless leadership. Ravi Zacharias said the failures of this man, which he's acknowledged and said, forgive me, I'm wrong. He said his failures pale in comparison to those failures. What he's done wouldn't even get to the discussion at a table of reason to be considered in light of the atrocities that have been perpetuated on the world by the past generation and by the liberal anti-world good. 
thank you, Robbie Zacharias. I'll release it. And Robbie said, send me the critics. I'll talk to them. Thank God. Thank God. Bless you. I want you to receive the man as he has received me, Donald Trump, and promise to pray for him and pray for the future and freedom of America. God bless you. God bless America. Now, I'll just tell you, the first time I heard that, it broke my heart. Now, I didn't hear it until after the election. But to think that this man that I had looked up to for so many years, this man who claims to be a man of God, would stand there and endorse, because that's what he was doing, endorse this man who is the epitome of everything that supposedly this man of God stood for this this man that he was endorsing was the epitome of everything opposite of that just blew my mind i couldn't i couldn't wrap my head around it and it and it and it hurt me because here he is saying that the administration that was in charge then was the obama administration was so evil and that blew my mind too because i'll just tell you of all the presidents who have been in there during my generation and I was born in 71, so you're talking about Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, George Bush 1, Bill Clinton, George Bush 2, and then Obama. Of all of them, Obama stood for and stood up for more freedom than any of those other presidents ever did. And even more than Reagan, because, yeah, the wall came down during him, but you also had this wonderful trickle-down econ economics that is just ludicrous. And you also had the Iran-Contra affair, which he claimed to have no knowledge of or couldn't remember. Well, he might not could have remembered because now we know he had Alzheimer's. But to say that all these atrocities had happened to women during the Obama administration, well, yeah, there's, there were some things that happened, but Obama had nothing to do with it. And none of the people that he had in, uh, put in leadership had anything to do with it. But then you put a man in there who openly spoke of women as dogs and, and, and bragged of his physical handling of women to put him in there and endorse him because that's what you were doing, Mr. Robinson. You were endorsing him. This blew my mind and broke my heart. Now, this is going to end up being, this is going to be a two-part podcast because just can't fit everything in here. And again, this is not a podcast designed and dedicated to lambasting Trump. But for us to understand spiritually what's going on, here we have a Southern Baptist evangelist standing up and endorsing a man whose very life is the opposite of what this man of God supposedly stands for. And the fact that the Southern Baptist is the leading denomination in our country, the only thing second to it is the Catholic Church. You have to understand that this man is part of the reason we're in this situation that we're in. And he claims to be a man of God, claims to be speaking the truth of God. And in his eyes, the only truth there is, is, is what he puts forth as truth. So how do we deal with this? How do we get beyond this? Because I'm going to tell you, we are on the verge of something. You know, he said in the clip that I played previously, how the nation is on the verge. Well, we are. We're on the verge of losing everything we stand for or have stood for as a nation. You know, our nation helped more people than any other nation on earth. Okay, now we have someone in there saying, okay, well, if you want our help, you got to pay for it. Oh, yeah, that's really like Jesus, isn't it, Mr. Robinson? That's really like Jesus, isn't it? 
And then he's talking about building a wall. Yeah, I understand. I know that some previous administrations, including Obama, and I'm not saying that everything Obama did was was perfect. I know it wasn't. There's some things he did and did not do that I wished he didn't do and wished he did do, and that there was portions of the wall already there. But to shut down the government and to say that you got to have five point whatever billion dollars to finish out a wall to try to keep people from coming over here who are trying to seek a better life and to think and to try to say that none of this has anything to do with us spiritually or our love walk. Yes, it has everything to do with it. It has everything to do with it. This nation was not set up to be a, quote, Christian nation, but it was a nation that stood for, as Mr. Robinson alluded to, principles. And part of those principles had to do with reaching out to help people. But as I said, we're on the verge. The Christian church welcomed Hitler with open arms because Hitler said, we're going to make Germany great again. Well, we see what happened, didn't we? And there are so many parallels between then and now. It's very unsettling. But we have some Christian leaders and some spiritual leaders from other faiths that want to bury their heads in the sand and not talk about it and not deal with it on their platform. They're on nationwide TV, worldwide TV. They're on the Internet. They're, they're here and there, but they won't talk about such things. They won't deal with it. They want to ignore it. They want to say, oh, well, let's just love one another. Yeah, let's love one another, but let's deal with, with some things that need to be dealt with, and let's talk about it. Because if we just keep burying our head in the sand, we're going to end up in a very bad situation that we are not going to be able to get out of very easily. Do I believe in the power of miracles? Do I believe in the power of God to change? Oh, yes, I do. But let me tell you, God works through people because that's the only place in this world, in this arrangement of things, that's the only way God works is through people, through you and through me. And if we try to ignore what's going on and we don't stand up and make, as I said before, make our voice heard, Deal with this. It's not going to be very easy to get out of this hole that we've been dragged into by people such as Mr. Robinson and Mr. Trump. Now, I'm playing you a clip now. I was going to wait and, and play it on the next episode, but I feel like now is a better time to go ahead and play it. This clip that I'm about to play is from 2014. And the health care law, which has been referred to as Obamacare, is in effect. And... I just want you to hear how Mr. Robinson views that and views government aid to people in need. But let's just, just listen to this. We'll be back. 35 years ago, I was kicked off television for reading the chapter I told you to turn to a while ago, Romans chapter 1. I was kicked off the largest television station in the South, WFA in Dallas. All of my programming was put under the view of one person nationwide. It cost me $50,000 a week just to have the program considered several weeks before it would air because one person could silence me forever. The fairness doctrine shut me off. I said, I will not stand for it. All I did is preach the word of God. I have freedom of speech, the right to preach, and I will preach. And the Church of the Living God joined me in 1979, and we defeated the fairness doctrine. I went back on the air and have never been put off. And I want to tell you, preachers are being put off today. Freedom is being put down. It's being trampled on. You're being forced to buy things you don't work, forced to buy things that you don't even believe in, and you're being forced to take care of people 
who have no desire to work, who will take your money and spend it on drugs and habits and more food that makes them fatter while they're saying they're hungry. So, they're going to spend it on things they don't need. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I've been in need, and I've been the beneficiary of some of those things that he's referring to. And I was not spending it on drugs. I wasn't spending it on things like that. And I wasn't sitting around trying to get fat. Who is he talking about? Is he talking about you? Is he talking about somebody you know? Is he talking about somebody you love? But see, that's the kind of mentality these people that claim to be such super Christians, that's the kind of mentality that sometimes they have. And it comes out when they're busy running their mouth and don't realize what they're saying. If you played that to him, I guarantee you he would try to backtrack and change what he just said. I guarantee you he would because I've met the man. I'm not his best friend. I don't know him that well. I really don't. I guess I don't know him at all because I never would have thought that he would have endorsed Mr. Trump. But I do think that he has good intentions. But I'm going to tell you something. Good intentions, when you're saying things like that right there, it's what comes out that defiles the man. And that defiles him. That right there defiled him. And it defiled the things that he says that he believes. Because he claims to be a man of love. Well, love right th- love doesn't talk like that. Now, we're going to end this, this episode of the podcast just because it's getting a little lengthy. But on the next one, we're going to continue with this. So if, you, if, if this offends you or if you just don't want to hear it, that's fine. But what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to help bring to light some things that many of you probably do not know is being said to some of the biggest crowds in this country. Because when Mr. Robinson right there is speaking, every time he's speaking, he's speaking to several thousand people. Okay? That is important. Because these people are being told this, and they're being told that this is the Word of God that's being given to them. And that this man of God says that this is how this nation should be. Okay? This is important. Now, I love James Robinson. I would, if he were standing right here with me, I would wrap my arms around him and say, I love you, but you're wrong. And I'll tell you this, I would not break fellowship with him because of that. I would not. Now, he might break fellowship with me because of me standing here telling him that he's wrong. And there's some leaders in Nashville that I've been fellowshipping with, and some of them are probably beginning to hear some of these podcasts or somebody may have uh, referred to some of them, and they may break fellowship with me. That's their choice, but I will not break fellowship with them. Because you see, Jesus, he hung out with the scribes and Pharisees, and he hung out with uh, sailors and harlots. And who broke fellowship? Did Jesus? No. The scribes and Pharisees cut him off. They didn't want him around. And they're the ones that killed him. So I'm not going to break fellowship with some of these leaders, these church leaders in Nashville, but I guarantee you some of them will break fellowship with me because I know how they are. I've been in that. This is not my first rodeo, but I know some of them will.
thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com. And please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org. Or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee 37088.